This special episode of the Yes Girl podcast is brought to you by your friends at Crown Royal. Crown Royal is committed to celebrating diversity in all forms, and their brand partnership with Coming to America is emblematic of this commitment. To celebrate the return of this iconic film, Crown Royal collaborated with Oscar-winning costume designer Ruth E. Carter to produce the limited edition Crown Royal pack that perfectly blends the worlds of Crown Royal and Coming to America together. So be sure to check out Coming to America on Amazon Prime starting March 5th. Hey Murray, my sister, how are you? I'm well. I'm very, very well. I'm actually really excited. Um, I did a thing without you. I hope you don't get mad. What'd you do? So I kind of saw Coming to America, the sequel already. Corey always gets the perks, you guys. Always the perks. But I am going to let it slide because today's guest and what we're celebrating is so appropriately themed to you cheating on me. Yes, which is why I brought it up. So it's not really a cheat. It was more of an education. I had to do my research. There you go. Exactly. Uh, for why we are talk- talking with Academy Award winning costume designer, Ruth E. Carter. Yes. Friend to the show. Friend to Yes Girl Podcast. Friend. She's been on the show before. We had a great conversation with Miss Carter. Yes, and she is a friend to Essence. We have honored her with our Black Women in Hollywood Award. But she has her own receipts, Okay. Uh, first of all, she went to Hampton. Hello, HB right here. Okay. <laughs> and although she won the Academy Award for Costume Designing Black Panther, she was nominated three times before for her work with Spike Lee, which included Malcolm X, Steven Spielberg's Amistad, and, and of course, Black Panther. Ten plus films she's worked on with Spike, y'all. Ten. And I've got to say this, too. Um, we recently did some interviews with the cast of Coming to America, and Eddie Murphy said it was her work in Crooklyn because he reminded me that he is from Brooklyn, and he just made her the costumes, the jellies, all those little things really, really brought him back to his childhood, and he really, really enjoyed them. He was like, I've got to have her on my next project. But there's something else that we're loving Ruth for, okay? And I've got to say, have you gotten a box of Crown Royal, Charlie Penn? Yes. Can we just, where do we begin? I was just telling you, I feel more excellent. Look at this. Look at this commemorative design by the one and only Ruth Carter. How do we, do we start with the glam? Can we start, can we start about the foil? Like, the fit? I don't want to drink it. I mean, I want to drink it, but like, I have to, it has to be a very special occasion. No, well, you have to get two. You have to keep one on display. And then one we sip. Where they say it's the gift you get yourself and your friends. (laughs) But they collaborated on this very, very special, special packaging, you guys. The box. Look, we're showing you. It's phenomenal. I think I want to talk to Miss Carter because I've got to know all about how she decided to work with them. Because clearly, based on her great trajectory of work, she clearly does things with intention. And the way this box and this bag has been beautifully designed by her, I know there's a story behind it. So please, let's welcome Ruth E. Carter. Ruth! Oops. Hey, how are you? Wonderful. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Good to see you. You as well. I'm feeling as fabulous as this design that you have created for Crown Royal. This oh, is- nice. Nice, nice for a snowy afternoon, huh? Absolutely. Yes. I'm feeling mm. fancy. Are you feeling fancy? I plan to have <laughs> a nice hot toddy right after this with my Crown Royal. <laughs> 
that's great. That's great. So, so what about this partnership? Yeah, what about this partnership? I mean, because it feels very intentional. Yeah, it is. I mean, uh, Crown Royal has a long legacy of, you know, royalty and the, the original um, Crown Royal uh, link of uh, the blended Canadian whiskey was given as a gift to royalty. And so with their long history of uh, royalty and coming to America it was like the perfect uh, mix and, uh, of, of metaphors in a way that it's showing royalty, it's showing gift giving, it's showing all kinds of uh, ways that we can experience uh, coming to America. Cause you know, we'd like to dress up, you know, to go see that film. And now we're not dressing up so much and going to, yes. <laughs> so we can, we can share it with the Crown Royal and the, the design is all wrapped up into a lot of the um, imagery that you see in the film. So, you know, the, the lion on the shoulder and, the embroidery print is all in the film. So it really is a, a part of the experience. Ruth, we know how diligent and intentional you are about your craft and your process. So tell us about how much creative control you were given in the creative process for creating this collaboration. Oh yeah, Crown Royal was great when they uh, contacted me. They you know wanted to know about my experience, my process. You know they wanted to look at some of the details of the imagery that we put into it and. Uh, I knew from the start that I wanted to use what I called the royal print of the mass with all of the, um, you know, the different patterns around it. And also I knew from the start that I wanted to put the line head right there in the middle of the box. So once I sent them my ideas, we were all on the same page and um, it was beautiful. Uh, they sent me like a square blank purple box and I had to drape the drape around it just like I did over Akeem's shoulder and um, and then put that iconic uh, lion's head right there in the middle. And I think it just went along beautifully with the brand, you know, the beautiful purple color and, and the pillow. And, you know, for Black History Month, it's just a wonderful way to sort of kick it all off. And Corey and I were laughing because we were like, you know, it's such a, the Crown Royal bag is such a staple. We've seen it. People used to hang them in their cars, like use them as like accessories, right? And we can really see this bag in particular being a wardrobe accessory. And I, we were thinking back, you once told Essence Ruth, I'm going to quote it, costume design means working as a storyteller and an apparel artist. You're thinking mm -hmm. of the story and the color palettes, mm. you're working with the set and you're exploring characters, whether they're homeless, an aunt, a grandmother, a sister, or a cousin, mm -hmm. and making their personality come out in what they're wearing. Yeah. What was the one thread, pun intended, that you kept as you designed costumes for Coming to America too? One thread that I kept in the storytelling? Oh, it was yeah. the story of Zamunda and, and um, the family. It's all about, you know, family royalty. And so I wanted to keep the beautiful sashes and the formality of the tuxedo tails and the beautiful and African Ankara fabric. And um, so those things, I, it was, it's 30 years old. So when you look back at it, you remember, um, some of you, some maybe not, but, um, we remember. just remember where we were then and where we are now, we're so much more advanced in our, our knowledge of, you know, 
African uh, diaspora. So I just brought a new understanding to the new coming to America. I mean, you saw the film, Corey. What did you think? I loved it so much because that's going to be my next question to you. There's a, and no spoilers alert, but because going back to you designing with intention and being a storyteller. So I know each piece of fabric that I saw on that screen had intention and it was authentic, Mm -hmm. but I'm thinking especially about this one scene where uh, Lavelle, who's played by Jermaine Fowler, who's the new prince, Mm -hmm. he's walking through the jungle. He has to do his um, rite of passage, Mm -hmm. which was believed to fight a Mm -hmm. lion. But Mm -hmm. it comes to his feet, and at the bottom you see those prints. It's like a quilt, and there's language. So I really wanted to talk to you about that. What was the, Mm -hmm. I mean, I I feel not given enough credit to say it was a skirt, but what what was the Mm -hmm. history behind it? Yeah, we were trying to blend uh, his own style with, you know, coming out of New York and wanting to be more hip hop with the athletic apparel and then being in Zamunda and wanting to represent Zamunda. He was really trying to find his way. And so there's prints on the bottom there. There's it means honesty, honor, royalty, family, you know, all like positive things things that, you know, he would use to motivate him to come in, bring himself into Zamunda, but not forget who he was. And so it was kind of a a mashup of hip hop and African royalty. Um, Yeah. I know that all, they're all, every piece, everything that you lay out beautifully in your mind and to paper and to the screen. I know they're all your babies, but for C2A, do you have like a, a look that's closest to your heart or a moment or a particular scene? Um, so many are. I mean, Sherry Headley has not changed. I feel like she hasn't aged at all. So most of the things that she wore were just amazing to me. And I had so much fun designing for her. But uh, I think the, the most fun I had was when Akeem and Simi were together, were Addie Murphy and Arsenio Hall. Yeah. And uh, because I felt really proud to make them the prince and, the, and the, his assistant back in the same way in New York as they were that meet. I was honored to do that. And we were doing summer. When they were doing it, they portrayed winter. Um, so I had to reinterpret that into a more of a summary fabric um, and, you know, keep the, uh, the jewelry, dec- jewelry adornments and everything the same. So that's where you get like the mask design in the bag of the Crown Royal. You know, everyone I talk to has a story about the bag. Like I used to keep this in my bag. I used to keep that in my bag. So it was, it's nice to sort of bring a little Zamunda to people's uh, collections um, but also I got to dress Eddie and Arsenio as the old guys in the barber shop. And, you know, I remember being on set that day and just like just being proud to, you know, have the opportunity and, 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 you know, be given the chance to recreate that. It was amazing. Well, speaking about recreating, I mean, a big part of who you are is giving back and bringing designers like yourself forward. And we have the pleasure of being joined by two emerging designers, Ayana James and also Cairo Quartz. So please, let's welcome them. Hi, ladies. Hello. Now, Ayana, I'm gonna say I love your work from Insecure. 
You hail from Spanish Town, Jamaica, by way of South Florida. You are a fellow HBCU grad graduating from FAMU, but it was really your collaboration with Ray that really projected your career. You designed for Insecure, and you've now designed for Queen Sugar, and you're working on a ton of other things. So welcome to Yesco Podcast. Thank you. So happy to be here. Welcome, yes, girl. Um, and Cairo, welcome. I'm going to run your receipts too, sis. Cairo Courts prides herself um, as a, just a girl from Baltimore, but she's also a costume designer with such credits under her belt as the FX series Atlanta, which we love and can't wait to come back. Mm -hmm. Netflix Candy Jar and HBO Max Charm City Kings. Presently, she's designing season two of the Netflix series Raising Dion. Cairo has a degree in marketing from St. John's University, but her career path has been very, very colorful. She's been a marketing assistant, a bodybuilder, sus, a virtual visual merchandiser, and a police officer. Wow. Get out of here. Cairo, okay, that's really? a lot. You did so many. Nine lives. <laughs> Not so many lives, and she originally fell in love with the world of costumes when she interned for free on a film in New York in 2002. Welcome, Cairo. Thank you for having me. Girl, you've done a lot. That is, those are a lot. I jobs. know. When you read that, it makes me sound like I'm really old, ah. but, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> so it sounds like you just are passionate. I love it. You I, just, I love it. So Ayana and Cairo, I've got to say that when, you know, I've covered entertainment for many years, so I always have a reverence for the people who are behind the scenes, because I feel like, no offense to the actors, but it's really those behind the scene people that really make the magic. And I thought about when Ruth got up and won and was accepting her award that night from the, from the Academy, I wonder how many little girls or women, or, or when, I'm sorry, I wonder how many people really looked at her and said, I want to do what she does. So can you tell us, and we'll start with you, Ayana, when did you first fall in love with costume designing? The first time I did it, uh, I assisted on a series. Um, I, I, I PA'd on a series before, and I had just come off of styling. So I was you know, new into costumes. And when I experienced just the amount of collaboration um, and um, different hats that everyone has to wear in costumes, it just really sucked me in because I, I took a lot to the art of storytelling and how a piece of clothing um, can really set the tone and help further a story. Um, so as soon as I did it, and the fact that they fun set, so I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna stick here, and and um, every job that I've done since then, I've just loved it even more. Cairo, how about you? When was the first time you fell in love with it? Um, you mentioned that it started in 2002, but it was a film called Hebrew Hammer um, with Mariel Van Peebles, and I was starstruck. But once <laughs> once they gave me my task, because I did not know what I was doing, I just went in um, under. It was a uh, an online thing called um, Mandy. It was like Craigslist. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah, you could you could go on there and you know say, do you need some help for the day? And I filled it out, and I came in not knowing what I was going to do, like carry cameras, like lug, you know, light, and I didn't know. But I went in. They put me in costumes, and I did not know honestly, like that that was even a position. Um, but I was always into fashion. I was like, oh my goodness, like this is a job. This is a job. I work so hard 
I came a for free. They were like, do you go to school? Yes, I do at night. Like I changed my classes for this. And so that's when I knew like I fell in love with it because I I was up doing classes at night, but in the daytime, like it was all about coming for free to work on this film. Mm-hmm. Dedication. You know you love it when you do it for free, right? That's what they always <laughs> say when you just gotta get all of it in there. Mm-hmm. So one of the things, you know, that we love about uh, Ruth and her her legacy as a costume designer is how she has amplified the story of culture and our lives and our culture and family and all of those things through each role. Ayana, Cairo, how do each of you, what type of stories do you best like to amplify through costume design? Ayana, the story of humans, I think. Um, I, I, we're also different. Obviously, everyone has a different story, but there are just certain, I think, commonalities and threads that every human individual shares. There's certain needs, and so um, I, I love. I, I'm familiar with Black culture, with Caribbean culture, with Southern culture, with you know, hip hop culture. So that is the lens in which I interpret a lot of stories through. But I think just storytelling as a whole um, and getting lost in a totally different world outside of my own is really what I find exciting about um, this job. Um, And then what comes after that and the research that, you know, comes along with it and where we get to go and take these characters. Um, So for me, just storytelling as a whole. I'm just a story nerd. And Kyra, what about you? Um, I I would have to piggyback on what Ayana said, but I think a passion when I'm like reading stories are like coming of age stories or stories about children. And and it just because I have kids and I know like reverting back to being youthful and not knowing what something is and discovering it, like I just I have a love for that. So I kind of gravitate to stories about children or coming age. I love those stories too. <laughs> Speaking of you, Fayana, you're about to work on the Nancy Drew series, right? Yeah, so they uh, are shooting the series right now and they're introducing a new character, Tom Swift. So um, mm. he's going to be this fabulous billionaire tech guy. Um, and they wanted me to come in and design for the series that he, the episode he appears in, and then potentially once they do the spinoff in the series, we'll do that. So I'm working on that at the moment um, and reading lots of scripts. <laughs> nice. So you both of you ladies have questions for Ruth, which are actually really good. So Carol, pose your question to Ruth. Fire away. Um, well, I know I always have um, hangups about this, and I did not get to ask Ruth um, this when I saw her in person, but how do you choose the films that you take on? Is there like a list of prerequisites that they have to meet in order for you to accept them? Like, how do you choose your films? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, for a long time, there was no me choosing. It was choosing me, um, but I, you know, was protected from like, you know, the Hollywood craziness because I was under Spike's um, banner of 40 Acres and a Mule. Then I came back to Hollywood and I was working with Robert Townsend and Keaton Ivory Wayans for years. So, you know, they were choosing me, uh, but they were doing great films, you know, fun films, com- comedies. And then I'd get to New York and Spike would be like, forget all that Hollywood stuff. We're doing Do the Right Thing. So uh, that went on for like 12 years, back and forth, back 
back and forth and a handful of, you know, uh, costume designers like you that, you know, were actually working. So it was difficult. Um, and for them, it was difficult because there was only a handful of filmmakers too. And I was, you know, monopolizing them. I, you know, they didn't do the same, they didn't do their films at the same time. So I got to actually, you know, work with all of them. Um, but then after that, you know, and after getting like a nomination and stuff, you know, I started getting other scripts, not many, not many. Um, and the one that was right just stuck out like a sore thumb, you know, uh, Amistad, Steven Spielberg, you know, count me in. Um, and BAPS, you know, like count me in. So I, I think it's only now that I'm beginning to sort of make those more intentional choices um, because I have done so much and that I still have a passion for small stories. I just did an independent film, you know, with a young filmmaker who's still trying to raise money to edit his film. But I just liked, I just liked his take on it. It was honest. It was rich. The story was real. He was telling it from his heart. And I feel like I could give to a story like that. I feel like, you know, once it touches my heart, I have somewhere to go with it. And so I just really look for, for stories that move me. And, you know, Black Panther moved me, you know, coming to America, you know, there's, there's a lot there for, for you, you know, so big or small, it's just, uh, I look for something to touch me. And Ayana, you have another, you have a question for Ruth as well. Another great question. Okay. You ready? Who has the better fashion? Yeah. Wakanda or Zamunda? I was Yeah, <laughs> very different. <laughs> Well, when I was on uh, Black Panther, I was like shouting to the ra rafters, this is not coming to America, people. This is totally different. <laughs> and one of the ways I really made a difference was uh, that I didn't want to use too much Ankara fabric in, um, in Black Panther uh, because we were we were developed a place that was before colonization. And so uh, it was important to um, examine those things that were considered like colonized things, you know, Ankara fabric is done by the Dutch, you know, uh, and China. So, uh, but I think if Wakanda is like the military center of Africa where they're leading in technology and they're a little more serious, uh, then Zamunda is like the fashion hub, you know, it's the place where you can have fun and it's big and it's light and it's, it's royalty in a different way that's like all about, you know, what you're wearing. So, you know, as Cairo knows, Cairo was right there beside me dressing everyone. Oh, I was in awe of her. I, I, if you guys didn't know, I, I was her fitter. Um, amongst a team of great individuals. Um, and we were just in awe of Ruth every day. Like we would make something and she would come in and put her spin on it. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even think of that. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> yeah, but I remember coming up to you on set and saying, Cairo, something is just, should, should he have the vest or not? You know, and your answer was so intelligent and so well thought out and so quick. And it was all I needed to hear. We were like, vest off. Oh, well, thank it you. is so beautiful to just witness this conversation, Corey, right? Between Ruth and Cairo and Ayana, like just this this magic of like, you know, being a trailblazer and then being rising stars and this culmination. And Ruth, I, I just really want to ask you, you're still creating it, but what is your hope that what your legacy will be 
to young designers, particularly? Well, I'm looking at my legacy right here in Ayana and Cairo. I'm looking at them right in their faces. I'm, you know, proud of them. I'm proud of Cairo for giving up her time for free. Um, uh, Ayana, I've been on panels with, and I hear how passionate she is about, you know, being a costume designer and, you know, really going through the fire because it's not easy. This job is not an easy one. It's not always glamorous. You have to really like work. And, you know, these women are beautiful and, you know, they work hard. So um, the legacy that I, I hope to uh, extend is, is coming to fruition just by them being here. I love that. Thank you. Oh, thank you all so much. This is so wonderful. And now I'm going to really research Accra fabric because I did not know that, Ruth. <laughs> Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with it. It identifies Africa like that. But now I want to know a little, little deeper history. Thank you. Thank you for You're welcome. <laughs> and thank each of you for your storytelling, right? And just for help making everything that we see on screen, just telling those stories so beautifully and so authentically. Mm -hmm. We see you and we appreciate you. Wonderful. Now we're going to get to our toast of Crown Royal to properly toast you, ladies. So we'll do another podcast yes. just for that. Okay. Oh, good. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Be sure to listen, download, or subscribe to more episodes of Yes, yes Girl. Girl, featuring interviews with Jada Pinkett Smith, Amanda Seals, Ayala Van Zant, and Michael B. Jordan. You can find Yes Girl on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple listeners, yes, that's you. Be sure to leave a review and let us know what you think. We love reviews. Give us reviews. More, more reviews. Thank you. Don't forget to talk to us on social. At Corey Murray. At Charlie Penn on Instagram. And at ManWifeDog on Twitter. Be sure to use hashtag YesGirlPodcast. Love ya. Talk to you soon.